Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We're going to talk about sanctification, so let's go to Romans chapter 6. We're going to go there. But as happens, as I was saying, as happens always when we say we're going to water baptize, we had about six people, and now we got 12. So... You know, so, and, and I want to say this. Sometimes people think, well, water baptism is, it, it, uh, people think there are two extremes that happen. One is people think you can't go to heaven unless you get water baptized, which is really disappointing for the guy that was on the cross next to Jesus. Because how many know they couldn't stop his crucifixion to get water baptized real quick? Okay. <laughs> so that's not the case. The other extreme is, you know, it really doesn't matter who cares. But yet Jesus was water baptized. Amen? So we're not hinging your salvation on it, but it is a public declaration of your faith. It is a way, like sometimes, and I know we have visitors here today, maybe family and friends of those that are being water baptized. It's these people are saying to you, I identify with Jesus, and this is my witness to you that I do that. And a lot of times, it's also a declaration of, you should do this too. Amen? You should be involved in this too, because he's my savior. I'm convinced of this, and this is faith. This is the love of God, and you should accept that too. So that's why water baptism is important. Again, there are two extremes. Where do we lie? Right in the middle. Sometimes people say, preacher, will you sprinkle my kid? I don't do that. Okay? You say, but can I have my child baptized when they're young and they'll go to heaven? The answer is no. Now, if your child died before the age of accountability, don't know why I'm on this, but I need to share it, so I'm going to real quickly, and then we'll transition to the message. But I need to share this to you. If your child died before the age of accountability, then they will automatically go to heaven. It's auto mode. People say, well, I don't know about that. Every Okay, I'm going to share something here, and I want you to hear me. Every aborted baby went to heaven. Now, you say, why do you say that? Because sometimes there's people in crowds like this or online that have had an abortion and they've wondered. Listen, first of all, God is not condemning you. Now, he's, I'm not saying he was pleased with what you did, but he has forgiveness and mercy for you. Secondly, your child is safe, and if you receive Jesus, you will be reunited after you leave this life. Now, I'm not, I can prove that, okay? Because in order for someone to receive Jesus, they have to understand what they are doing. Now, there are kids that at four years old have been born again. And there are kids that it took them till they were, you know, adults. Right? All right, yep, I can testify. All right? But the reality is, is that uh, when it comes to things like miscarriages, abortions, different things like that, I know it's a sensitive subject, not sure why I'm on it, but I just need to share it. Your child is in heaven. Be at rest and be at peace. Jesus has your baby. Okay? Amen? Amen. All right. Romans chapter 6. So this morning, we're picking up where we left off two weeks ago. How many know we've had a busy summer? 
I'm trying to get through a series, and it's like I preach one week, and then I'm gone, and then, you know, or we have a guest speaker, whatever. Anyway, we've got all these things going on, but that's all right. How many are smart, sharp, good-looking? You better be raising your hand. I mean, I just blessed you, you know. <laughs> I see spouses raising their spouse's hand. And I was like, <laughs> you're beautiful, honey. You're handsome. <laughs> you're smart. We, we had a teacher at Rhema. I remember Keith Moore. Uh, he, he, would say, he would say, you need to declare this. I'm smart. I'm sharp. I'm good looking. And he said, I'm blessed and I'm a major blessing. People are like, I don't know, preacher. That's why we're here to help you. Find out who you are in Christ. Amen? We're talking about sanctification. Definition of sanctification is this. It means to make holy or to purify. It means to consecrate. It means to hallow or to be holy. To separate from things profane and dedicate to God. You know, sometimes preachers preach on sin. And people sit and listen and go, yeah, I wish I could quit doing that. But, you know, God is not... The reason why God doesn't want you to live in sin isn't because he just can't stand sin. It's because he knows what it's going to do to you. That's why. It's not because, I mean, God can't cohabitate with sin. We understand that, okay? But God's purpose uh, in dealing with sin isn't just to try to uh, somehow, you know, make you feel bad for what you did. You need to realize that when it comes to sin and things like that, you need to understand that God's dealing with that specifically for the purpose of what? Because he knows that the wages of sin is what? Death, Death right? So that's why God's against sin. It's not, he's not just, and plus he knows this, you're his creation. That doesn't mean he's your father, because you have to receive him as your father through Jesus, but you're, you're his right by creation. He has a right to you by creation, right? And so since he does, that means he wants what's best for you. How many have kids? How many have had your kids do stuff you wish they wouldn't? Because you know it's going to do what to them? Hurt them, right? Well, God's the exact same way. So when you think about sanctification, don't just think about a holiness preacher. Don't think I have to grow my hair long, ladies, or I, can, I can't wear makeup anymore. Come on. Am I dealing with it or what? You say, that doesn't really register with me, but it may with some in here because you may have that background. You know, if the barn needs paint and paint it. My father in the faith used to say, if it needs two coats. Guys, you're not going to hell because you grow your hair long. People, come on, this has been an issue, okay? People say, well, no, that, you know, and they'll go back and quote Old Testament scriptures and take things out of context. Have you ever seen a movie about Jesus where the guys, where Jesus' hair wasn't long? You ever seen Jesus with like a high and tight? No. <laughs> Sanctification takes place in the spirit when you're born again. And listen to me, when you're born again, it's eternal. 
How many know God does a complete work? Amen? So preacher, why then live a sanctified life? Because if you live, if, when you're living outside of sin, what you're actually doing is you're living within your identity. People say, well, no, I, I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic. I, that's who I am. Actually, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So can you picture Jesus saying, I can't help but be addicted to alcohol? Oh, am I preaching? <laughs> All right. Can you see him saying, I just have to have heroin? When you were born again, what took place was, is his exact nature was placed within your spirit. Then people say this. They say, well, what is my problem? And I will say this. It's your noodle and mine and this body. So we're not without hope, though, because Christ's salvation isn't just in the sense of, okay, one day when my body falls off, I'm going to go right to heaven. That's a part of it. But you know what another part of it is? An empowerment to live sanctified experientially right here, right now. Now, I, I want to skip ahead here. I'm, I, I, if you want to know everything else I've ever said on this subject, the v messages are available on the website. And you should go there and listen to them. Okay, and, uh, and if you don't know what the website, where the website is, all that, you can get information from the welcome table on the way out. We have all our messages on there, and they're at no charge. And I like what Keith, uh, one minister, Keith Moore, said. He said, no charge means no excuse. Yep. <laughs> Come on. All right? So I want to say this to you as we, as we look at uh, Romans 6, verse 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. I want to say this to you, and this is something actually that uh, Mark brought out this morning in our Vessels of Honor teaching. If you haven't listened to those messages that he's doing called A More Excellent Way, you need to listen to them. They're awesome. Okay, so I'm going to say this. God, he, he was talking about how God is not, uh, doesn't bring about messages that cause maturity for the sake of condemning. He doesn't. Why does he do it? Because of love. It's about correction, right? Not beating somebody. Right? There are times where I discipline my kids out of just anger. Okay? Never, <laughs> never let somebody, <laughs> somebody can identify. When I, <laughs> I've never left a bruise on my kids, all right? I'm not saying any of that. But I was just frustrated and I was dealing more with just an action rather than looking toward an end result. Does that make sense? So, God, here's the wonderful thing about God the Father He never does something and go, has to come back later and go, oh, ugh, I apologize for the way I did that. That was wrong. Isn't that wonderful? So how many know God is long-suffering? And if I had more oxygen, I'd keep going. His mercy is whatever. Wow. That's a long time. You think about that. That's a long, long, long time. And he's just patient, 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 patient. And people say, does he ever get to the end of his patience? No. He allows you to make a decision. And when he knows it's permanent in your heart, he'll give you over to what you choose. 
That's how he is. All right? So when you're thinking about God and you're thinking about his relationship with you and how he's interacting with you and you're thinking about the subject of not living in sin or removing and, 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 and living a more and more sanctified life, a more holy, a more set-apart life, when you're thinking about that, don't think in terms of God's just getting on me about this. Think in terms of God's showing me an area where the enemy is getting access. I need to shut this door and make a change. So that, the, so that the Lord's blessing that is there can flow greater. And so the enemy's curse. How I many know the, the enemy comes to do three things? What is it? Right. And God came to give you. And life more abundantly. So you can actually be saved yet let the devil run your house. It's good preaching. I mean, it's hitting me too, so we're all good. I'm constantly, you know, I've said this over and over. I have not arrived, but I've what? Left. Right? So when you think about Jesus, think about this. Because the Lord said this to me. It's very similar to the prophetic word that, the, that Mark had this morning for, for us when we were listening to his teaching. But he said to me, I was driving in the mountains of Colorado uh, we were dropping our daughter off there, you know, a week and a half ago or whatever. Kylie, she's headed to Bible college or headed into the first week next week, I think. And uh, we're driving up there, and the Lord said to me, he said, I'm not giving up on you, so why are you giving up on you? Now, he wasn't saying that to me specifically. He was, but I was thinking about the church. And I was thinking about this message. And you, when you drive for hours on end, how many know you got time to think? Okay, and fellowship with the Lord. And he said, I'm not giving up on you, so why would you give up on you? And yet some of you in here as believers, you're not, it's not a matter of you needing to get saved. It's a matter of believing what he has said about you and believing that it can come to pass. Your faith started at a point of receiving Jesus, but now you're at a point where you received him and you know, and you've seen some things in the word and you know a little bit and you're going, how am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? It is by grace through faith. The worst thing you can do for your manifest experiential sanctification is to disconnect through, from fellowship through condemnation. Come on, do I need to say it again? The worst thing you can do in your relationship with the Lord if you're born again is to disconnect your fellowship with him through condemnation. In other words, what do you mean by that, preacher? I mean this. You sinned, you know it, after you were saved, but you didn't come boldly to the throne of grace and mercy to receive help in time of need. You got an image painted in your mind of God who's now angry at you because you sinned, and he's not at all. Come on. Come on. Everybody look at me. Don't look at the cute kids. <laughs> they're doing what I told them to do so I could baptize them with goggles on and I'm excited about it because we haven't had that experience yet <laughs> come on I gotta go back to this and then we're gonna end here and I'm not gonna even get to Romans 6 I'll just close my Bible 
just in case you get nervous, think he's going to keep us here all day. Yeah, praise the Lord, man. I'm going to be, if Jesus is here, I'm here. Come on, this will be freedom to you as a believer if you'll stop having an image on the wall, hung up on the wall of your mind of God waiting for you to make a mistake so he can cut you off. The devil is a liar. He's a serial killer. He's a serial liar. He knows no other language. And when you feel, come on, when you feel, listen to me, bad for your sin, but you don't have a way out, you're in condemnation. When you feel convicted about your sin, but then immediately see the way out, you have now experienced the Holy Ghost. Now, in order for you to live in that, that takes spiritual warfare. And you say, then how, tell me simply, preacher, how do you do that? You have to take the thought captive. Okay, how do I take the thought captive? You take the thought captive with words. Come on, husbands and wives, how do you get peace in your relationship when you've had a disagreement? You speak. But what if you wait weeks and weeks before you deal with it? What piles up in your head? Thoughts. And what do those thoughts cause? A breakup of intimacy. You say, what do you mean intimacy? Intimacy in every way. It could be physically. It's not just that. How many know as married couples, we're not just intimate physically. We're not, we're not dogs. I, I, there are kids in the room. I'm trying to help you without. Intimacy is emotional. It's, come on, it's exchanging words. Right? Let me give you an, an example. If you and I are eating dinner together and on the table is steak, somebody say amen. amen. Chicken. <laughs> I like chicken. All right? I don't know what you like. Mashed potatoes. Come on, we still got to baptize people. Don't get all giddy, all right? You're getting out of here. I'm keeping you until we're done. All right, so. <laughs> Stuff, I love stuffing. You know, cranberry sauce shaped like a can. <laughs> Come on, how many of you admit you, sir, you just sliced it up? You know, like, <laughs> that ain't the real stuff. <laughs> you ever tried to spread that on your bread? You know, all right, anyway. Intimacy is this, while we're eating, we both, we both are eating uh, steak, chicken, potato, both those things we're eating from the same table are now where? In us. And then we're talking, 
right? Now your words are, and my words are. So as married couples, intimacy, right? So what causes division? Because we're married to the Lord. What causes division? It's not having a face-to-face eating from the same table relationship. You know, as a Christian, you can have, you're, you're born again, so you have relationship. I like to say it like this, but you can miss out on fellowship. You've got to learn to sit down and look at each other, right? Now, I'm talking about specifically between you and the Lord. If you'll sit down with him concerning the sin that, you, that seems like you're addicted to as a believer, if you'll sit down with him and look at him eye to eye and fellowship with him, he'll actually remove the image of your lack of deliverance or your, you, 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 you believe that there's no ability to get free of this so you make statements like this. Come on, I've made them. Lord, this is just what you get. Sorry. I just am what I am. And I'm never going to change. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'd suspect that a good old dog could learn a new trick. Besides that, you're not an old dog. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old dog passed away. I know, that's the Sean International version. (laughs) Come on, sanctification. Teenagers, young people, well, I'm just not my dad. I'm just not my mom. Durr. (laughs) That was kind of mean. All right. I was trying to relate. I'm not sure it happened. Uh, Probably not on the level that I thought it was going to happen. Okay, let me say it this way. Let me say it nicer. Or I, I should say, let me say it more helpful. You don't have to be them. You're not a Christian because they're a Christian. You're a Christian because you love God yourself. So I do the, I've done this with my kids. Now, as long as they're in my house, they have to obey my rules. It's biblical. And uh, sometimes they love them, sometimes they don't. But it's my house. And my house ain't getting tore up. Amen? Not that I have a lot of problem with this, but you train them when they're real young, you don't get that problem later. So, but I do tell them this, there's going to be a day where you're not going to be in my house. You can do what you choose. Amen? We got to be careful about that, right? But they do have to make that decision. So if you're young, you're like, I'm not sure. Well, choose Jesus. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. 
If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.